Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. Today we have on a squash player, Haley Mendez. Haley's formative years on court took place at the Heights Casino in Brooklyn, where she was coached by an exceptional group of former professionals, including Julian Wellings, Fiona Jeeves, and Linda Elriani. During her junior career, she reached the high national ranking of number one under 19. She was consistently ranked top three in her age group and was a three-time national finalist. She represented the United States at three Junior World Championships, helping the team to its first ever second place finish during her final appearance in 2011. She was the winner of US Squash's DeRoy Sportsmanship Award presented annually to one male and one female, ranked junior who has best represented and demonstrated the principles of fair play and sportsmanship during their junior career. While competing individually, she was a four-time letter winner at Packer Collegiate High School and captained the boys team during her senior year. Haley spent her collegiate squash career at Harvard University, coached by Mike Way. During her four years representing the Crimson, she won three national championships and three Ivy League titles, earning three individual All-American honours and served as a captain during both her junior and senior years. Off the court, she majored in human evolutionary biology, graduating cum laude, and received academic All-IV honours. Haley's playing career was interrupted during her senior years when she suffered a torn ACL, followed several months later by a torn meniscus. While recovery was an arduous journey, her injuries and two resultant knee operations gave her the opportunity to build upon her coaching skills in both individual private lessons and school teams in practice. Following this playing hi- hiatus and a successful rehab program, Haley finally embarked upon her professional squash career in the fall of 2016. She eventually plans to go on to business school after a playing career. Welcome to the show, Haley. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so how, how we're going to start today, Haley, I think, is just getting a bit of background of how, obviously, I gave you a bit of background about yourself there, but go a bit more into depth how squash actually became your passion at the moment and how things are going for you. Yeah, I was really lucky um, that I sort of stumbled upon squash. It's definitely not the biggest sport in America or most well-known, but uh, the neighborhood that I grew up in, there's a a racket club, the Heights Casino, um, and it was sort of the social thing to do to join the club, so that's what my parents did. And um, the idea was that I'd play tennis just because that's what they played and knew a little bit about. But the tennis classes were full, so the the coach said, why don't you go upstairs and try squash? And and that's really what happened. I was 10 when I first um, played squash. And really when I was little, I just, I, I played a different sport sort of every day of the week, was super athletic and super active. And, and uh, as I got older and older, I, was good at squash so that helped um but i would i would drop one day of a different sport and pick up an extra day of squash um until i was i was nationally ranked in in the country and and then i got to travel quite a bit which um i really liked from a young age even going across to europe um and then i played my first world juniors when i was 15 in india and and so that's sort of when i thought oh like 
I could be good at this. I could travel. Um, and, and sort of made up my mind that I, I wanted to turn professional one day. Um, and then the other thing that I would say that was just really inspirational for a young kid is that the Heights Casino actually hosts um, a big women's PSA event every year, the Carol Weimler, um, which is one of the bronze, like platinum level tournaments on tour. Um, so I grew up from 10 years old watching that and having all the top women um, come play at my home club. And, and even beyond that, um, it's a billeted tournament. So we would host some players every year and, and I'd get to eat with them and they'd play with me and practice. And some of them would give me a racket or whatever. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And, and yeah. I looked up to them and, um, yeah, that sort of sparked my, my passion. And then I fell in love. There was no looking back. Yeah. Um, so obviously as I was going to, I was going to say that obviously when you were, <clears throat> When you were younger and you were looking up to these squash players and they were you know giving you rackets and you were having meals with them and stuff what were you sort of thinking when you were in their company like you know what were you thinking about and how, how was that making you feel yeah i mean the crazy thing thing is when i was really young sort of i i just thought like they were really cool to hang out with yeah. the squash sort of an aside um and so, so randomly nicole david was assigned to our house um to stay well before she was world number one so she was still a teenager like working her way up the rankings and we would just like sit in our pajamas and watch movies and this is when like dvds were still a thing and she would bring all of these like pirated dvds from malaysia and i was like this is so cool um, <laughs> So what was special about that and the Weimar in itself is that I got to really know the, some of the players really well on a personal level. Um, and then those relationships sort of helped me in the future. So I actually then sort of for five summers in a row went to Amsterdam and stayed with Nicole in her apartment um, yeah. as a teenager, um, training with her and Liz Irving and, and sort of getting to see even more inside the life of a professional um, and, and just how much I loved it and, and looked forward to doing that one day myself. So yeah. sort of the whole thing was really lucky, but yeah. solidified my, my dream. So, yeah. So what would you say, obviously squash wise, what, what did you learn off of the people the, when you were younger, the, these squash players, what was the, the biggest things you learned from them? You know, obviously you were thinking about it at that age to become professional. And what was the biggest things you learned from them to, to be able to take that on and go into the professional arena? Um, I think every, everybody's so different and, and what they need to succeed as a professional is different. Um, and... I definitely had to figure that out for myself once I did eventually turn pro, but across the board, everyone is, is so hardworking. And I think a lot of people can sort of look at the professional squash playing lifestyle and think it's like super fun and super glamorous, like traveling all over the world, competing, doing what you love. Like you don't really have a real job, so to speak, but, um, 
the work that goes on behind the scenes day in and day out is is remarkable like from everything from what you eat when you eat like how you recover what you wear um and everything has to be planned out and and just seeing some of these um professionals when when they're not like on the stage on a competition show court seeing that they're sort of always switched on always thinking always working trying to get that little edge um was was really impressive and and something that i took to heart and realized like all right if i'm gonna do this um i'm gonna i'm gonna do this properly and every little thing really matters yeah so it was kind of like getting the finer details correct in and getting everything as much as spot on as you can yeah exactly exactly especially when you're a junior you just sort of you just show up you you put on your shoes and you go play sometimes you'd walk to the club in your squash shoes and you're like not even thinking about it. But, um, yeah. So I just sort of realized the detail that goes into everything to, to really be the best to play at that top level yeah. um, is really important. Yeah. So obviously <clears throat> you've worked, worked with coaches and your career. So how, how did you manage to form great relationships with your coaches to help benefit you and the coach at the same time? Yeah. Um, again, I think I was really, really lucky growing up at the Heights Casino with such a, um, like prestigious group of coaches sort of constantly, um, around, but a, a lot of it comes down to being willing to work hard. So I was, I was always early. I was warming up. I was cooling down. I would do pretty much whatever was asked of me and then some because i i got it in my head early on that i wanted to to do this full time so so when any coach sort of sees that a player is really engaged and really enjoying it they're willing to give um more time and more energy so we sort of played off each other and and then one thing i would say is i was also really fortunate as a young girl to have um, several women coach me, which I think um, had benefited me personally. They, they were all former players, so they sort of I could look up to them, sort of in a, in a really literal sense in terms of all aspects of their lives. But I do think the women's game is is a little bit different than the men's game. So um, I was fortunate to always have um, those female coaches and role models. Um, which I think was really important. And, and then even now with my coaches, it's a, it's a lot of the same thing. It's mutual respect and teamwork and yep. um, being willing to, to put in the work. Um, and again, they're willing to put in the work. Um, and yeah, so, so now the team that I've built around me is super important to me. They're my inner circle. I, I, lean on them for support um and equally they have a, a mutual respect and understanding for what i do um yep. so we're really able to to click and i'm lucky that way yeah so staying on the aspect of training <clears throat> so obviously you work with different coaches and um so obviously in the fitness aspect and then in the skill aspect of the game so 
what keeps you motivated when you're training? Let's start with the fitness side of things and what keeps you motivated there? Um, I get, I mean, oddly, I, I like the training. I like the hard work. Yeah, I, yeah. I like, you know, like, uh, I'm working hard and, and seeing results. So that obviously helps. Absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sort of dragging my feet every day. Yeah. Um, that being said, you, you have to be pretty stubborn and have some serious willpower sometimes to, get yourself out on the track at whatever time in the morning or um, put in those ghosting sessions. Um, One thing I'd say is I really like structure um, and planning. And so with my coaches, both on court and, and in the gym, we sort of sit down together once every, sometimes it's just a two week block. Sometimes it's a a three month block over the summer, but sort of, we sit down, we plan out, um, what it's going to look like, what the purpose of the, of the training is for that block, what I'm trying to get out of it. And this is how I'm going to do it. And then just actually scheduling out days and weeks, um, holds you accountable. Um, and I, I like to see the results I, I do sort of. So, so from the fitness side of things, I'll do some fitness testing at the beginning of the block. Yep. Um, and then at the end of the block again, and, and I'm, I'm chasing those results. results. Yeah. Yeah. Big or small. So, um, that definitely, uh, keeps me motivated. Yep. So as as we spoke about fitness and what about the skill side of the game, this, the, the squash side, you know, the, the on-court stuff, how, yeah. how do you keep motivated? What motivates you to keep on in the training in that way? Yeah. I mean, the on-court stuff is the, is the fun part really. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say I'm not the biggest fan of solo. Sometimes I'm uh, digging deep to, to force yeah. myself to get solo, but um, the on-court stuff is, is the fun part. Um, also, you're usually doing that with someone else, so yeah. you can sort of help each other along. Um, my boyfriend plays on the on the men's tour. He's also a professional squash player, so mm-hmm. we're we're really fortunate in that sense that we train together quite a bit, both on and off the court, and we can yeah. help drag each other through um, the tough sessions. Um, so that's that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what do you think then uh, what squash players struggle with the most on the tour regarding scre- scheduling the correct components for optimal performance? I mean, from your experience or, you know, maybe chat to other players as well um, about this. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, of course, I think different players are going to give you different answers depending yeah, on what suits them and and their style so like i said i'm into structure um and i like planning and so i think a lot of players struggle with um time management and personal responsibility so i think from that young age i was able to see those professional players those top women and and sort of how diligent they were and and in every aspect so that was sort of like drilled into me um which was really helpful but i think you get a lot of players on tour that are kind of just showing up to practice or just sort of 
last minute trying to schedule um, training sessions or not really sure what they're doing. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you're very much alone most of the time on the, on the squash tour. You're traveling by yourself across the world. You're by yourself in a hotel room. And, and so you have to have that personal um, responsibility and, and time management, I think, to sort of get everything to work out. You can't always travel with your coach or, or your physio or your boyfriend or whatever to sort of do that for you, hold your hand. So I think uh, that's something players struggle with and, and a key to success or mine at least. Yeah. So essentially it's, it's basically, it lies on your shoulders um, and you have to take the responsibility and be accountable for that. Because exactly. Yeah. If, something exactly. Doesn't, if something doesn't work out, then essentially it's, it could be on your shoulders. Yeah, exactly. I, squash is, is really selfish and, and that sort of goes both ways. You have to, constantly be thinking of yourself in terms of like what you need to succeed and, and not trying to please others, but equally like you're responsible if things don't go well. So yeah, uh, that's, that's huge. Yep. So a personal question then about more about if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her? Um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought about this for a while when I, when I got questions ahead of time. Um, obviously there's like super specific things that are, are much smaller, but I think on the whole, I would, I wish someone had told me to, to really enjoy every second of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's, a privilege what I get to do I get to do what I love and call it my job and I get to travel over the world and I get to do it with some of my closest friends and and my partner and um so it's a privilege and it, and it's easy to get wrapped up in winning and losing and ranking points and yeah. and the, the little things um and I uh it can be over in a split second or <laughs> which I uh i learned the hard way sort of before I actually turned pro, but I tore my ACL and um, then again, three months later and, and had these two knee surgeries and it ended up being an 18 month break. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to compete at that level again. So um, really just um, enjoying it, enjoying every minute of it, the hard work, the fun times, finding a way to, to see the the bright side i guess and the privilege in it um and if you don't do that if if you get wrapped up in in the negatives um you just won't be able to you won't be able to last it's it's too hard (laughs) yeah so kind of like appreciate what you've got and what you're doing and what you're able to do and enjoy every second of it and make memories i suppose as well at the same time exactly Yeah. yeah yeah so carrying on from that then on the tour or you know personally or what makes you feel inspired or you know feel like your best self even when you're playing or when you're training or you know just generally as well yeah um i am i mean like like sort of most players i'm super inspired by watching the the top level players um just sort of seeing what they can do and the ease at which 
they do it <laughs> is mind blowing because I, uh, I know how hard it is for me and, and they're sort of up a few levels and I'm just thinking, whoa. So, um, that's truly inspiring and, and definitely pushes me to, to work harder day in and day out. Um, in terms of what gives me confidence, um, I think that's different for every player. Um, for me, I, uh, firstly, I have a lot of confidence from sort of having my team around me yeah. and, and really being on the same page and feeling like we're working towards a collective goal. Um, and just, I, I like understanding that like the physical side of my training is aiding my on court training this way with the goal of, <clears throat> performing on this date at this event um so that gives me confidence to feel like i have this structure and this plan with my team yeah um yeah a little bit more specifically i think being really physically fit gives me massive amounts of confidence just because there's there's no worse feeling than being winded on a squash court and and having to, to go again and again so um, that's always a, a big part of my training, just sort of the physical side of that. So, so, so I don't feel that pain during a match. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously for the racket athletes that are listening, how would you say, how would you give them advice about um, building confidence for their game and, you know, on court and off court? Yeah. Um, well, so like I said, for me, a, a big part of it is the fitness um, and sort of making practice harder than any match you'll experience yeah. is, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard that before, but um, I think I, I gain a huge amount of confidence from that. Um, and, and there's so many ways you can do that and, and so much variety um, like, so for me, because I've had two serious knee surgeries, I do almost no running or court sprints or weight bearing stuff like that. Like I do all my fitness in a pool on a bike or on a elliptical or cross trainer. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like, and I'm as fit as any other player on the squash court. So like, there's so many ways you can do it. Whereas, um, like my boyfriend just does like a ton of ghosting. He hammers the ghosting in the treadmill and I'm like yep. steering clear of that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so that's the physical side of things. Um, I think another thing is, is just repetition. It's, it, <laughs> it's, uh, can be boring. I don't think it's anything mind blowing or big secret, but just the repetition of it. Yeah. Um, practicing those shots both the things you're really good at and the things you're trying to work on is equally important um so that gives me confidence on court and then putting it into play like a, a practice match um there's there's no better test really so so the more sort of game playing or match situations you can put yourself in um, the more familiar it becomes and then you sort of your body and your brain can go on autopilot and it doesn't really matter if you're confident or not. You just, you've been there before, you know what to do, you know, you can do it. And 
-hmm. and sort of when you can reach that zone, that optimum performance zone, then, I mean, confidence is, is somewhat irrelevant. Yeah. So something we haven't really touched on then is uh, nutrition and uh, a bit of psychology, I think. So how do you feel about those two aspects in regards to getting, being able to perform at your best and, you know, essentially take it to the next level? Yeah. Um, I think both are, are really important and really personal. Um, and the thing is like at at the top level of of the sport it's such fine margins yeah. um what propels you to that next ranking spot or that next level so i've sort of gone with the philosophy of like leave no stone unturned yeah. um with regards to my training and and so i've experimented with nutrition um and psychology a huge amount and and found what works best for me that being said i'm still always like up for trying new things um but yeah i mean so so nutrition is obviously super important um and and super individualized like so for me i i'm like a bit more sensitive so i need to be i'm like done eating three hours before i'm gonna start and i don't eat a snack or anything Uh, and that's what works for me. Um, mm-hmm. I have my go-to meals that I know work. I know I can get anywhere in the world at any time, or yeah. I can travel with things like peanut butter or protein powder or, or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> so I think you have to find what works for you. And, and again, I've tried all of these different things out in practice matches and, and, and sort of, come up with my optimum scenario and, and then that's what I take with me to to tournaments um and then the psychological side of things like that's a whole another um demon so to speak sometimes your your, your toughest opponent is yeah. is yourself um so I started working with a a sports psychologist when I was coming back from injury just because like I, I had no confidence or faith in in my body really i was afraid to just play um so that's how i started um working with someone and i think that was helpful because i had like a really concrete hurdle that i was trying to overcome um yeah. sometimes it can be intimidating when you don't have that like where do you start um but that being said, it, it's so it's so important um, just to sort of keep yourself calm and grounded and, and in the zone. Um, and, and I guess like the, the biggest thing I've learned or, or that I find the most helpful is figuring out a way to stay in the present moment. So not getting ahead of yourself or, or focusing, dwelling on the past, um, figuring out how you can stay in the present moment in, in everything you're doing. Yep, definitely. Um, so what do you feel um, is the toughest aspect when learning to be an all-round squash player? So we've spoken quite a bit about all the different aspects now. So which one or which aspects do you feel are the toughest to, you know, to learn to be an all-round squash player? Um, 
I think just on the very basic level, like in terms of technique, unfortunately, I think it's really hard to learn it later in life. Um, so if, if you're going to get anywhere, I think you, you're going to have to start at a young age just so you feel comfortable in your body and in your swing. And um, so that's sort of like a, a fundamental issue that I think you need to master to become a good all-around squash player is just that basic technique and, and movement patterns, um, which you learn as a kid. But beyond that, I think um, it's, it's the self-discipline and the responsibility for me. I think it all sort of comes back to that. You could have the most naturally talented, um, fittest player, but like zero work ethic and, and they'll get nowhere. Um, so I think for me, um, that's super important. So yeah, for the racket athletes listening, I think it's generally, you know, work ethic, self-discipline and responsibility are the things that I'm picking up there. Definitely. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I would agree. Um, so what piece of advice would you give to a squash athlete who's wanting to make it on the pro tour? Um, I think what I wish I could have told myself when I was 18, just, just enjoy every second of it and, and try and make the most of it. Um, and then on top of that, don't compare yourself to others. Um, it, it's not helpful. It won't get you anywhere. And, and, just like just compare yourself to yourself in the past and and sort of see how you're improving and and look back on where you were a year ago six months ago a week ago and and what have you done to improve from that point um and that's all you can really do um because everybody's different so i think sort of those two pieces of advice yeah so obviously don't compare yourself uh, to other players or people that are in the game Um, and obviously enjoy every moment and make the memories as much as you can okay yeah yeah the key to success the key to success by Hayley Mendes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well done to it yeah all right so where can people find you then Hayley on social media and um, where can people reach out to you if they want to ask about squash or, or anything in general to do with the game? Or Yeah, um, I would love to hear from, from people. I think um, Instagram is pretty easy and pretty universal. Um, so, yeah, find me on Instagram, Haley underscore Mendez, um, and definitely reach out to me. Likewise, um, you can check out my player website. It has like all my info actually, but um, sort of a, an email contact me um, part as well that you can reach me at. And uh, yeah, I'd love to answer any questions about squash, um, anything I've learned. Equally, we, we didn't talk about college squash um, much. You mentioned it in, in the intro. Um, yeah. I loved my college squash experience in America. There was nothing like it. Um, I grew as a player and a person, and I think it's a great opportunity for for youngsters listening um, to consider. So, yeah. 
if you have questions about that, yeah, reach out. Cool. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show, Haley. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. That is another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. Hope you enjoyed listening and please leave a review.